877 uci docs the opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Hello, hello. It is 5 o'clock. It's Friday night. You are back inside the chat room on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're broadcasting live from the University of California campus in Irvine. We're streaming on the web at KUCI.org. We are podcasting every single one of our shows. You can check us out at KUCI.org slash archive. You can scroll down to the chat room and every single one of our shows are up there for your listening pleasure. I am Marie Stone. I'm back uh, back in the chat room with my, my best friend, Dana. How are you? I'm well. How are you this week? You had, like, Good. a trip or something. I just I just fell off a boat. Awesome. <laughs> Isn't that the phrase? I just got off a boat? Yeah, I just got off the boat. I <laughs> You're went fresh to, off the boat. I'm fresh off the Aww. boat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did a, uh, did a carnival cruise with my kiddo. We went to uh, Mexico, which was terrifying. Really? Was it for her or you or both? It was for her. But, you know, we had a great time. That's we had a great good. time. But it was it was a little terrifying. Have you been down to Ensenada? I haven't been that far. Wait a minute. I think I did, but <laughs> That briefly. far? It's like 10 minutes. <laughs> right. I think I stopped at Rosarito. Yeah. Yeah. Rosarito is as far as I'd gone before this. And I think I've seen enough. I think I've, yeah. <laughs> I think I've done Mexico. It's like too much in stimulation. Well, there was... So, uh, we met up with this couple who were 23... I'm not 23. So when they said they were 23, one of them just had a birthday on the sh- on the ship, and um, it was uh, yeah, it was terrifying um, that uh, you know be with somebody so young. But anyway, so we're in this uh, we're in this restaurant. We're drinking cheap beer. Beer's like a buck. And uh, my friends who were 23 had like eight of them because, you know, <laughs> they just got their, they just turned 21. And um, all of these guys in like, with um, like armored, armored whatevers rush in with these AK-47s and kind of storm the place and run upstairs. And it was terrifying. So uh, I said, you know military? what? Time to, yeah, military. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could understand how that would be upsetting. <laughs> I can tell you, your daughter probably will be bonded to you stronger than <laughs> a million paint your pottery sessions. <laughs> You're the mommy that, like, saved her from scary men. I mean... She kept saying, You're so much different to vacation with than dad. And I'm like, Because we're sitting in a bar in Mexico, and I'm drinking at, like, one in the afternoon, and these guys with their big guns are coming in. Yeah. Awesome. I'm the cool parent. What, yeah, you're saying mommy knows how to... Had a vacation. Oh, no, had a vacation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of fun. So yeah, so I'm I'm fresh off the boat. I'm a little uh, Are you hungover and tired. Hungover, tired, sunburned, and yeah, it's good. It's good. And Welcome we're back. and we are back. And this yeah. is our second session without 
Miss Elizabeth Zero. Mm -hmm. And um, before you extended the opportunity to do this show with you, I looked through some of your archives, and I thought you guys did some interesting shows that we could redo, and they would be completely different shows. So I pitched you the idea of... The rules. Going Dana over the style. rules. Exactly. <laughs> Dana's take on the rules. Dana, Dana does the rules. <laughs> can you preface what the rules are, just like a quick synopsis of what All your right. conception of it you is? You know, it's funny having never read, Having never read it, right? Yes, never I've read never it. read it. Okay. So I, I said the same thing to Elizabeth when we did it. I said, you're going to have to tell me what the rules are because I, I have not read them, and I still haven't read them. But my understanding is the book came out in the 80s, I think. It was all the rage. Maybe the 90s. Maybe mid-90s, actually. And uh, so it was getting women to act hard to get in order to capture a man. Was it a return to kind of previous values of how women are supposed to date? I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it, it had sort of a 50s feel to it. But it was, it was definitely, you know, how to um, act unavailable so that he'll be more interested in you. It was a handbook so. on how to get married and keep, stay married, right? I don't know about the stay married. It was how to uh, how to how to get him to the altar. Yeah, yeah because I, I think guess. the author of it actually <laughs> did not stay married. I'm guessing that's true. Yeah, I I found that out recently, which okay. is always interesting. So yeah, what we're gonna do is go through some of their tactics, and I'm gonna kind of give my perspective on it. And I think I think you and I together will come up with an even larger perspective to help put these into context. Because on the face of it, it's so divisive. There are people that say, the rules, awesome, I love it. And people are like, this, you're, an not only are these stupid, you're an idiot. <laughs> and you're wearing fabulous socks. Yeah, but you're wearing fabulous. Oh, Look me. at your socks. Yes, thank you. Oh, my God, they're all stripy. I spend money on socks. You can yeah. go to Walmart and get dollar socks, but I buy $8 socks. I, I see that. Red yeah. and blue stripies. I, awesome. Uh, I save money elsewhere, so don't worry <laughs> about me. I'm not going broke. You're doing well. All right. So, you know, I think the first, so the big thing is that you're never going to ask a guy out. Right. Which I think is a complete mistake. What I think the truth is that there's a lot of guys that do want to be the driver. And there's a lot of women that don't want to be the driver. This is what it comes down to. Ultimately, somebody has to take the initiative and risk rejection. Yep. Depending on your personality type, it could be the man or the woman that's willing to risk it. In the old days, the typical thing was women were kind of encouraged not to take risk, and they gladly accepted that because, to be honest, taking risk is not fun. There is the potential of pain. There's probably a, some things in your life where you had to take a risk. When you came to KUCI, there's the risk of they won't give you a show. There's a risk of people will be kind of mean to you. There is, there's a risk of saying the wrong word on air and the FCC coming down upon you. There are risks in life. And what's funny is we have taken it to mean it's almost like risk taking is a masculine endeavor and we gave it all to men. You know what we did? We split these gender traits up and we said, okay, you take these, you take these. And it was just how we did things. Nowadays, I think it's completely foolhardy for a woman to, con to think that the guy for her is just going to find her. Because this is the problem. If you feel the need 
to approach guys, you're a different kind of woman, and your man is going to be a different kind of man. Right. He's going to be a little more passive and sensitive. He's going to have some more of the feminine traits that maybe you don't exhibit as strongly. And that's not to say you're not a woman, that you're not feminine. It's just that everyone has a different area on the spectrum. Then they have their, their yin or yang on the other end, and then they come together. Let me give you an example from real life that really... In theory, I would understand that. That whole theory I just said, well, it could be both sides and there's one for everyone. That sounds good, but I've actually seen it in practice. There was a girl from KUCI who will remain nameless and I don't think anyone will know because we're not going to say anything too um, identifying. She had trouble because she was a more aggressive girl. On the face of it, she didn't seem aggressive, but she's the one that would initiate relationships that she would like to be romantic. And she told me multiple times where guys would <clears throat> say little disparaging things to her to tell her in no uncertain terms, you know, or in maybe more ambiguous terms, I don't want to be with you. And it was upsetting for her. Yeah. And so what what happened was it got to the point where she felt the negative um, kind of the the pain of rejection. She took it as a sign that maybe she shouldn't be doing this. Hmm. So there was a period in her life where she just she wouldn't approach men because she thought the guys didn't like that. Right. And then one day, you know, <laughs> she's she's at her new school in a different state, and she just sees this guy, and she's something about him. The one th I remember she said in particular, she said, I liked everything about him except his pants. And I thought, I could probably get him to change those. <laughs> so she approaches him, and she's now married to him. Damn. They have a really? child together. She did the right thing because not all men want or have it within them to be the kind of guy that can take personal rejection. But that doesn't mean he won't be able to support you in other ways. I think, I think what the rules is saying here, by never ask someone out, it says, if you want a guy that protects you, he has to be the type that can deal with per personal rejection from females. And I think they're not necessarily related. If that's yeah. the bottom line, what's your take on that? Well, my, my take on the entire rules is that it's a pretty antiquated, uh, ridiculous notion. And I, I think I shared this before, but, you know, my, my theory is if you both follow these, you're never, nobody's ever going to get anywhere. Nobody's going to date, period, right? If you, if you both look hard to get and you're both not making the call at the end of the, you know, you have to wait 3.5 days before you answer their text or you, you know, or say no twice before you accept on the third time. It strikes me as setting, it, first of all, it strikes me as emotional game playing just for the purpose of head games to manipulate people's emotions to make them feel a certain way towards you. So I think if you're going into a relationship and authentically with the intent of manipulating people emotionally, you're not stepping off on the right foot. Absolutely. Your conception of the rules is, I think, spot on. In, except that they are techniques that will work for certain people. Yeah. They won't work for everyone, and they are manipulative. You're right. Now, I think if, you're, if you come across as completely desperate, and you're calling somebody 26 times a day, and you're texting them even more, or whatever you're doing, you look like a desperate idiot. Yeah, you probably need to be reined in and say, you know, you, you look a little nuts. There is a theory that you need to communicate that because this man needs to know how needy you are and know right up front whether or not he can deal with that. Yeah, that's true. So right. part of me thinks there is no rules for dating. 
if you go out and be you, you will meet the right guy for you. But here's the tough part. It may not be the guy that your friends think you should have. It may not be the guy you had in your head when you grew up. So there are these dissonances that people try to compensate for by changing your dating style to help you meet this guy, to meet your preconceived notions. I think that is where the where a problem could come in when you start thinking about these extreme people. These extreme people need help. Yeah. And if you're the type of person that is really desperate and needy, it's dangerous because there are people that can take advantage of you because they see you. But it's also good if you're doing it with safe people because that's going to be the right guy for you. You need to find the guy who has a lot of space for you. And there are those guys. You know what they're called? They're called like only childs or something. <laughs> only child, only children that like have gotten to the point where they've got enough and they just want to give. There are those people in the world. So I think you're right that those people, there are dangers of expressing these kind of really vulnerable too fast, you know, ex- expressing it too fast. And they're just, it's, you're being too vulnerable. Yeah. There are dangers. But at the same time, you need to, sooner or later, this dude needs to know how vulnerable you are. And if you save it for too long, like for, say, after you're married... That's emotional ma- manipulation, yeah, too. Right, right. That's, That's I mean, worse. Right. Yeah. We don't want to encourage that either. Right. So your take is the whole thing is manipulation. And I think from what I hear, yes. But, w- but what about this particular thing? What strikes you as... Manipulative? So, yeah. W- what are the aspects of this that like really ring true for your idea of it being manipulative? Well, I assume that you're going to do things if you want to go out with somebody but you're not going to ask them out because you're going to follow the rules you're going to do something somehow manipulative to get him to ask you out right you're going to i don't know what you're going to do but you're going to you're going to come on to him in some way you're going to send out open signals that you're open for him to ask you out and you're sitting around hoping that he does it rather than just taking the initiative and say hey you know i'm india do you want to go have dinner or not <laughs> so what you're saying so what, is Th- no matter if you verbally ask, you're going to like, you're going to ask or invite, yeah, so in like a non-verbal way, right? I assume. I mean, you know, if you they wa- do, don't they? You sound very helpless if you're just going to sit there and wait for your phone to ring and dress however you want. That's comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Good luck at that. And one. not leave your yeah, right. And not leave. Your- so how many? Uh, how? What's your experience with women asking you out? Do you get asked out as much as you asked out, or? I have had women that are assertive, but never too assertive that they would actually verbalize it. I've never actually had a woman verbalize something. Let me put it this way. I've never had a woman verbalize something that I wasn't actually, um, will, who I wasn't willing to date. I've never, had, I've never had to reject a girl, which I think would be difficult for some guys. It is It's hard, difficult. Yeah. How do we tell this person that flatters you and kind of puts their heart on their sleeve and says, you know, I like you. How do you say, oh, right. you're not for me. Not you know, how do you... So it's so personal. That's a the skill. rejection is so personal. And now yeah. women know how to do that, right? Because they get it not naturally. Me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even me. you aren't good at that? No, it is. It's, it's terribly difficult. And if you make up... Here, here's the thing about rejecting somebody. If you make... Uh, with a lot of... With some men that I dated before my husband. If you make up reasons as to why you're not going to go out with them to try and save their feelings... They will work around those reasons. Right. So, you know, in some cases I'd say, oh, you know, I'm, it's just I'm, I'm trying to get over somebody else. Well, I'll wait. No worries. Someday you'll be over them and I'll just sit here and wait. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay. Or, you know, I'm just not looking right now. Well, I'll just, you know, 
well, maybe you'll keep my number and you'll just call me when you are looking. Or, you know, breaking up with somebody is the same thing. It's, it's, it's your music. So it's, I don't personal. like you. I don't need to listen to that music. I could change my car. I could change my hair. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You need to be kind of vulnerable with what's really happening. I, you know, it's just not, something's not working for me. It's not working. It's amorphous. Right. And I think a lot of guys won't take that. They won't accept that. Yeah. But you have to be, honesty is actually very important. And I think the rules is only honest for like a tiny selection of the population. Yeah. I think, you know, I, now I'm, now I'm married and, and this won't come to apply, but now looking back on it, I think if you tell somebody, you know what, I think you're great, uh, but the, whatever that chemistry amorphous thing is, I just don't feel it. And I have no control over that. I think you're smart, witty, funny, attractive. I, you've got, you've got it all going, but whatever that thing is that you can't put your finger on it's just not there yeah and i think what tends to happen is that's when men get upset and they express it to her and it's totally outsized to what she said because she Mm -hmm. probably said something very complimentary but the problem is there's certain emotions that and this gets kind of like into the psychology part which is really my area of expertise and the thing that i study and want to get more in depth about in for my own life Men aren't allowed to, just like women aren't allowed to express a certain amount of aggression, men aren't allowed to express sadness, and it bottles up, Mm. and what it tends to do is it always comes out as anger. Anger, yeah. What they're doing is they're expressing to you how sad they are that this didn't happen, but instead he's pounding the walls and yelling at you, and you get scared, and then then you don't want to reject guys that way. Then you want to do other stuff, right? You want to... Tell her, tell him it's the, his hair, or tell him it's the money, or tell him it's something else. So there's there's reasons why people say this. This simplifies life. Would not this simplify life? Yeah, yeah. No, you know exactly what to do because you have to wait. I think uh, so. Here's another one. If you are asked out on any day after Wednesday for that weekend, you say no. You're busy. You're busy. You have to act like you're busy, right? Yeah, right. How which do you feel is, about that? Right. Which is <laughs> it, which is a a technique. To, this is one that I'm not good at because I'm actually usually very genuine and if I'm having a bad day, I'll show it to you. But what tends to happen is people put a disproportionate amount of weight on first impressions. Mm -hmm. And it's, first impressions, it's funny because we have so many adages about first impressions. Never get a second chance to make a first impression. Here's the truth. Your first impression is never that accurate. It's never accurate. So the tough part is, in dating, you know you're never going to know anyone after a first impression, and yet we still don't go past those first visual impressions and kind of get into, like, what's the overall feel. So I can understand what this is trying to say. What this is trying to say is, don't let this guy know you're available. Don't let this guy know you're not booked. You know what I mean? He needs to think that you're... But why does he need to think that? Right. Why does he need to think other guys want you? What he's saying is, I like you. If he was worried about how busy you were, he would have maybe asked you, hey, so do other guys like you too? He would have probably brought that up. I get what they're saying. What they're saying is, add power. Give yourself more power so your manipulative techniques, which are basically power plays, right? right? Emotional power plays. So they will work better. So, yeah, I think it's it's bad. I mean, these are techniques that work, but I think on a personal level, on a person-to-person friend level, they are completely inappropriate. 
The only thing I can say to that one is that you might be setting a a precedent or setting up a pattern for him to assume that you're just kind of waiting around. And you don't want to do that either. You don't want you you don't want to give the illusion. Uh, yeah, I don't but know. why? <laughs> I know, why not? Is it because it does it upset sort you? Sort of that the respect thing that um, I'm just. Well, I mean, you know, if you're available, you're available. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm counter. I'm I'm contradicting myself already. But well, uh, I, my my thought was, if you're available, you're available. And if he asked you out next Thursday and you're not available, say, well, sorry, you know. Well, I, I can, actually really am busy. So if I'm here, if I'm, let me tell you what I'm gathering from this, which is there's a stigma to being available. Why are you available? Yeah. How come you're not busy all the time? Right. Which I think is more of an extrovert's concept. And maybe the mainstream um, culture has always, well, I can tell you strangers have always been um, not frowned upon, but suspect. The dude that hangs out alone, he's the one we think kills everybody. But if you're with people, <laughs> what could happen? So I think there is a tendency to think in terms of good and bad person. Yeah. And someone who's busy is a good person. And I think maybe there could be a woman out there that wants to give off the impression that she's busy because she's scared of the judgment that might come. And the scared, because really, I think we've been scared to think that spending alone time is bad. Yeah. You need to have right. friends. You need to have friends. If you don't have friends, it means you don't have to, you don't know how to relate to people. Right. Ignoring the fact that maybe the fact that I have so much alone, so much alone time is the reason why I can deal with people. Right. right. So I think there's a certain type of person that this does not appeal to, and they might, out of fear of being, maybe fear of who they really are and the uh, chance of someone calling them on it. That would be a good reason to follow that. And in fact, I think what's happening here is possibly that type of girl's fears would be stoked by this. Like, oh, geez, that's my thing. That's the thing. I like alone time. Oh, no, it's the thing that I'm scared of. It, guys are going to think I'm a weirdo because I want to be alone. And this says, you're right, you're weird. Don't, you, even <laughs> you are if you're, the crazy cat lady. Even if yeah. you are a cat lady, don't tell him. Hide the litter box. <laughs> You are tuned into the chat room at KUCI 88.9 FM. You are with uh, Marie Stone and Dana Flores. We are revisiting the rules. Elizabeth and I talked about the rules, the dating rules last quarter. Dana listened to the show and uh, got all upset. So now he's given us his, his take on the rules. So, uh, so you're always, the woman is always required to end phone calls first and end dates first. Yeah, that's interesting too. That's another ad power to your, see the interesting thing is I've done so much studying of kind of what they call the game. Yeah. That's what men call it, the game. Um, it's, this is very similar. They talk about adding value and like kind of upping your player points or whatever kind of you want to call it. It's gaining power. So what she's saying is be the one that has a time limit because I've got something else to do. The supposition is, or maybe the implication is, I gotta, hey, I gotta go. I got stuff to do. I do not, I'm, I do not have time to talk to you indefinitely. I have something else to do. What I'm trying to do is express to you something that's not true. <laughs> it's a lie. I'm trying to lie to you. This is heavy makeup, basically. You know, this is like, this is eyeliner, foundation, and conceal, everything, plus the hair dye, plus the extensions. That's everything. It's a lie, basically. You, what you're, it's a social lie. I'm trying to lie to you about my social life. And I'm doing that because one of two reasons. I think that's what you want, or I'm a little ashamed to admit, or I'm embarrassed that I don't have friends, or people have made me feel guilty. Right. So the right. first one was a technique, 
of what to do, and I think these, that could actually get you something. The not, actually, the not asking out on a date is almost a power play also. It's to make him think you're something. Yeah, these are actually all power. I think so far we've got three power techniques. How to give yourself, like, a, a status upgrade in the eyes of whatever, a guy, in quotes. You know, what guy? Right. So, yeah, I think, what what is your take on that one? Yeah, no, I, I uh, yeah, my, my take mirrors yours, which it, <laughs> it did the last time, too. We got two people singing on the same, uh, singing for the same choir on this, which I still think is incredibly manipulative. I think if you're having a great time on a date, to say, you know, look at your clock and say, well, sorry, got to go, you're going to send a message that, you know, it's, I, you know, I'm not that interested, or... You know, it was okay, but I've got something better. I've got someplace better to be. And uh, now Elizabeth's take on this last time was that, and I think the book's take as well, was that you have to keep this up even after you're married, that you have to keep up this mystere, I suppose. And um, this was interesting as sort of an aside on this on this cruise that I just came back from. They did this dating game. You know, the, do you remember the old newlywed game where they, I do. they put the three couples up on stage and they make them then they ask them all of these ridiculous wait newlywed questions. or dating game i can't newlywed no, the one the newlywed where they game. okay yes i remember the newlywed game so they have three couples they put them back to back they ask them all of these personal sex questions about their partner right about their partner or and then they have to match or about themselves but their partner has to match the questions and he always, I forget who the host was, but he always used the word whoopee for make sex. Make whoopee. Yeah, make whoopee. Yeah. Which they did on the boat, too. Oh, wow. Because it was child-friendly. So they had a, 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 literally a newlywed couple who had gotten married on the ship, or like a day before or something. And then they had somebody who'd been married 13 years and somebody who had been married 45 years. Or 19 years, 45 years. Anyway, they, they did the kind of the three stages of marriage. And the women universally were overly flattering to the men and the men universally were a little bit harder on the women and their answers always would fall off they they very rarely matched up answers because the women were being overly generous to the men like what does your man look like when he walks out of the shower a stretched limo or a volkswagen bug with two flat tires or i mean they were questions like that and um you know, rate your first kiss on a scale of 1 to 10. And the, with this poor woman who's been married 45 years said 20. And her husband said a 7. Oh. <laughs> He's like harsh. being honest. Yeah. It was harsh. But anyway, I, I, I thought it was interesting because the women almost always were deferring to the guys. In, in a complete contrast to these rules, the, the women were trying to be deferential. They were trying to be sweet. Not that the guys were being overly harsh, but the guys... You know, every guy coming out of the shower rated himself as a stretch limo. And, of course, every woman, you know, what else are you going to say besides stretch limo, right? You're not going to put your man down on the stage. But yet, this guy was happy to say my wife's first, you know, my first kiss with my wife was a seven. I mean, why would you ever say that? Yeah, there's some like, emotional... Why would you ever say that? That's, that's kind of mean, and it could be he's being honest, or it could be this is his way of being mean to her. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of emotional stuff that pe- te- couples tend to take out on each other. You know, the, uh, what is it? We, or the, those that are closest to us, we hurt the most, or yeah. it's Because you feel safe so. with them. You know, or they're you not feel- going anywhere. And right. it's not fair, really. It's not fair to make them be your psychotherapist. Right. I'll give you a number. Call somebody. You know, it's not cool for you to take out your aggression issues. Go play sports. 
Now, if she doesn't let you play sports, now you've got a beef. Right. So, yeah, that's... So what you're saying is that was kind of in, in accordance with, like, those were the type of women that would have followed Not, the rules because they were being deferential. Yes. Right. And really, probably, they didn't really feel that way. Right. Because so many things were not matching up that it was obvious that there was some kind of disconnect there. Right. Yeah, that would be... Right. That would be pretty shocking. Right. I think what it comes down to is a lot of people have followed these rules and have gotten into some bad marriages. Who I'm trying to think who the people that the the rules women were touting followed these and got their men. I think uh, who's the new princess, prince and princess in uh, all the... Oh, Kate and William. No, oh, you're Kate, talking about uh, Kate William? Milton. Yeah. She followed the rules, apparently, with... So if you can do this with a prince mm. of a royal family, yeah, you're that, really doing it. <laughs> right. Well, that's a, another show is on whether or not the prince represents any kind of normal person. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's grown up in a very unique situation. I don't know how... I don't, I'm not sure if that's applicable to anyone else except her. Right, right, right. Um... Don't tell him what... So yeah, So in the corollary, some of the rules are don't tell him what to do, let him take the lead, don't expect him to change or try to change him. So these are That's more. actually a good... That's like the one good one. <laughs> you like these? <laughs> no, no, no. That well, yeah, one. Yeah, don't expect him to change. Exactly. Yeah. Don't change him. Don't expect him to change. That's... That's... This is interesting because within the rules, within these manipulative techniques, they throw one, like zinger that actually fits with the um the dominant uh, mode of thought in psychology yeah don't change people that's true of her too fine that's the thing yeah nobody's gonna change exactly and i think the thing that she that's the problem with the book it's all how to give a man everything he wants so you can get what you want i think is kind of the the underlying theme here yeah you want marriage so bad you're willing to give him anything and in that case, Marie, that book would work. If you're a woman that comes from such poor circumstances that she can't engage her brain and she's not happy at all, these books would this these rules would really help. But as soon as you have a brain and your personality starts to become a little unique and you follow like you're secure enough to maybe do any number of things, much less like get your own radio show. As soon as you be get to your level where you're maybe at college, that's when the rules don't make any sense because they only work for a certain type of person. And I think that type of person is becoming less and less common in the U.S. Uh, fewer and fewer of the people in the U.S. are struggling financially. Yeah. Most people are struggling emotionally or status-wise. Like, they eat too much food. They got too much stuff. Right. Mm they drink too much most people don't have a lack problem in fact when i hear people talking about starving in u.s that's that's actually not accurate what's accurate is there's some people that are so bad with money there are times when they don't have money and they have to go get food somewhere else they're they're called food insecure we don't actually have starving people in the u.s we have food insecure people people who at times are not sure where their next meal is coming from and i think their problem comes from emotional problems and then the rich people obviously they've got everything they want they're just looking for status they're just looking to like feel good about themselves so in the u.s we don't have these people you know what this would work good for but like someone that came working class from like an immigrant they're an immigrant that came from a working class background where they're like scrape and bite scrape and bite this would be great because 
if you think of marriage as a financial institution, that's the kind of per- that's the kind of lady that would want that. Someone who needs money that bad. And you could have almost been in that category from what we've discussed on the show. So you think uh, so you think the women that this is going to work for are the women who are really desperate. Right. Interesting. That, exactly. Okay. Women that need money and they need security so badly that personality is like not on their list. You even though you describe trauma and you describe parents that are um they're not really that unusual. Everyone has problems, but there were abusive elements to your to some of your upbringing as most people's. Even though you describe those things, you describe them in very intelligent and eloquent terms. So they they were traumatic and I don't want to take away any of the emotional strain that happened to you, but you're a stronger person than most people. Yeah, I don't think my circumstances were it certainly wasn't abusive. It was more, you know, addiction stuff. But well, it wasn't, abu- if I someone that if be. someone is an alcoholic, it's abusive to you because your mom ends up being codependent and you end up being codependent. It is abusive for someone to um, ingest so much of something or do something in such a way that it hurts their family. But I think what you're saying is abusive is is a spectrum. It could yeah. be, you know, rude Right. It could be rude every day. And then it could be, you know, um, putting your child in a cage at night every, every night. So I think what it comes down to is the type of women this would work for are women that that kind of abuse would upset them so much that they really feel physically insecure. Yeah. I know I've had some clients, older women, I have a lot of weird clients, that, that have like a physical insecurity. It's because when she was younger, there were times where they couldn't pay for the gas. You know, mom and dad, they were never poor. The parents just spent money poorly. So, you know, the kids have sheets and maybe some thin blankets, but the parents, they've got electric blankets probably. They just didn't give the kids stuff. So they deprived the kids so they could kind of live higher on the hog. So consequently, she has a very physical need for security. That's the type of woman that the rules might work for because she doesn't have room for personality. She needs physical comfort so badly. And if she's the type of woman that maybe can't make her own way, she needs a man. I think what you're saying is that the rules provide boundaries. And so for people who have absolutely no boundaries on their own, this gives them some sort of structure to follow. Here's a handbook that you can read at night, and this will tell you what to do. When this situation happens, here's a flowchart, and you know, you know what to do. To give yourself a spine and to give yourself boundaries if you don't have any. It gives That's you, right, it gives you what your brain would have given you, yeah, which is... If it was a healthy brain. It would have helped. <laughs> had you had a brain but not developed a personality and been a unique person, this would have been what it told you to do to get that need met. How to get married... And I think it's, it's for a society like the 50s where we have no social network. Or no, we don't have much of a social... What is, the, what is the thing that trapeze artists fall under? The uh, safety net? net? Safety net. Yeah. We didn't have much of a social or cultural safety net back then. Yeah. I don't think women have to do that anymore because, you know, women can get their own jobs and then she can slowly take care of some of her own security needs. But there's some women that come from other countries or live in certain parts of the country where they can't get jobs. This would be great. Yeah. Can you think of anyone in your life that maybe could have used the rules? Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I think some of these make a lot of, you know, make a lot of sense. And I, I'm a person with low boundaries, and I found a person with massively high boundaries, and in the hopes of sort of learning from that. And, it, and it's worked, you know. I, I mean, I definitely would have been the person that, you know, if you called me up 
right now on a Friday night at 537, I would have said, yeah, okay, I'm available. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Thank God you called. So, you know, I, I don't think these are, I see the point, but um, I underlying it all, you know, I think if, if uh, your garden variety woman follows these, it has the air of, as I've said many times, it has the air of manipulation and the air of head games and emotional, you know, game playing, right. which I think is terrible. And I think but it attracts a certain guy. And attracts a certain guy. That's right. That's right. Um, so sex on the first date and all of the, uh, all that stuff. Yeah, what are the rest of the that? rules? Let's kind of go through them. And what I'd love to hear is, I'd, what I'd love to end on is, do you think in the past... You've accidentally used the rules unwittingly. <laughs> unwittingly. <laughs> and, I'll, and maybe I'll give some indications whether or not I've encountered what I think were women using the rules. Yeah, I'll have to think about that. Okay. All right. I'll think about that while we go through a couple more. Uh, no more than casual kissing on the first date. You just winced. It's interesting <laughs> because I've heard very similar winced. things from guys. From a guy perspective. In particular, there's these guys that... There's a certain flavor of dating coach that doesn't want to get you relationships, but just wants to get you in a non... Well, in a mostly non-violent way. Non-violent when it comes to physical violence. Non-violent way to get her into bed. What's the scientific way? How do you do this? One of them is, don't go crazy making out with her, like, in the club. Because it's going to be over. That's all you're going to get. Don't blow it at the club. What you want to do is you want to wait till you get her home and you slowly... Because some girls will do that kind of stuff in the club and later regret it because their friends saw it and they're like, whoa, why were you being so... Some girlfriends have a hierarchy of who's like the sluttiest dressing but the least sluttiest acting. Yeah. There's different hierarchies, you know, in different social scenes. And this particular social scene, the club scene, one of them is not getting caught doing anything too slutty in the club. You can act, you can dress slutty, you can look slutty, but you can't do anything overt. And these are the type of girls that they teach you to catch. So they tell you. They tell you the corollary of that. Don't do that. Do not do not go crazy kissing her in in the club. And I think the club is like the m- kind of mainstream place where Maybe the rules are even practiced. So, yeah, I have, I have emotions about these things. So, if a woman agrees to have sex with you on the first date, your thoughts about her are what? Well, according to these guys, it's actually not by day. It's by time spent together. Okay. What they say is it takes about eight hours of total, like, alone time with her. Not necessarily alone time, but being with her uninterrupted for eight hours. Okay. And you don't, it does not have to be two days, but it can be. Okay. It could be, what, and what tends to help it is changing locations. So it, it, it <laughs> feels like two dates. So what they say is, and they have words for all these things. I can't remember the word for that. Um, it's, it, I think it's like a time bridge or something. I just want to know about you. Tell me about you. Uh, that I don't what, date what are the in impressions? clubs. I don't date in clubs. Well, if I mean forget about the clubs or forget about where you met them. Uh-huh. If you, you know, let's say you know a woman from work so, or, or socially. I meet so all my already, women through friends. Okay. So you already kind of know who she is. Yeah. But you haven't spent a lot of alone time together. You ask her out. You go out to dinner. Uh, 
and she says, and she agrees to go up. I don't know who initiates it, but somehow she agrees to have sex with you that night. Oh, I've got a great example of it actually almost happening. But here's the twist. She was already with someone else. So it was our first night when she decided we should have a night, but it's when she's with this other guy, which was a complete turnoff to me. I'm like, yeah. how deceitful are you that you're with this dude and here you are opening your legs here? So this has happened to me. And I told her, I was like, whoa, not cool. Well, that's a different issue. Because that was her saying. I wasn't upset at her, though. I wasn't upset at her for doing that. What I told her is, you go tell your boyfriend it's over. Now, had that happened on the first night and she didn't have a boyfriend, yeah. I would not... I would have been, I think at that time, a little scared, only because I was told no women want to do that. I didn't know that there was women that were game for that. The only reason I would have had kind of a bad taste in my mouth was I thought, oh my gosh, is this like, is this real? Is this the bad girl? I think that might affect some I'm not going to go rift off your bad taste in your mouth, but I'll... Yeah, uh, yeah, let's not do that. So it wouldn't impact your no because I don't judge pe- I don't judge people on a single thing. Okay. I would see that oh wow she likes sex. I would realize that she likes sex, and I would be like, gosh, do I like sex that much? You know, and I would just kind of take it that way. No, I don't think so. I like girls initiating. I think initiating is smart. The tough part is when girls initiate. There's always the possibility of rejection and somebody feeling upset by that because it is rare. When you're when the woman's not like towing the line, I get this all the time for my hair because I have I have a little mini mullet. Yeah. When people see them, they know I don't follow the rules, and that's when suddenly they feel like they can express something to me. So as soon as you don't follow the rules you have to deal with a little bit of emotion from people and that's why the rules are there partially to save you from emotion so as soon as a woman steps out of the the role the proscribed role and she decides oh i'm gonna like ask some people out that's when suddenly a dude might yell at you because you're you're upsetting me you're you know you're you're bucking the rules yeah you're shaking the apple cart that's not a reason not to though Right. You just need to let people express what they're expressing. It has nothing to do with you. That's another skill set. Really, what we should be teaching people is emotional skill sets. How do you deal with people's emotions? Instead, what we do is we teach you techniques to avoid emotions. So this is interesting. Your, your comment, I just want to hit on this for a second because I think this is fascinating. So your comment about your, your hair giving you license. Do other you, people Giving license other people license to, talk to, to open up to you. In a way they wouldn't talk to other people. Yeah, interesting. And, and have you done sort of scientific research on that to I, like have your hair in different ways and see how people approach you? I haven't, but there has been like a long time in my life where I did not have my hair like that. And it was very, people would leave me alone. No one would talk to me at all. And I can tell mm-hmm. you this, when you're the different one, people express things to you. And and this is one of the, like, bases... Because they feel safe? Right. Yeah, okay. It's I think that was the basis of Jim Crow. Southerners had a lot to express. Yep. And they all decided it's going to be black people. Psychotherapy was never anything that... They didn't even know about psychotherapy. They just knew that they had been beaten badly in a war. And it was hurt. They were hurting. They know that their leaders there told them you know black people weren't real people that's why we're doing slavery and then the the north comes in and says you're all stupid we're going to kill you and then they <laughs> all like as a group decided okay we're just going to focus in on black people what's happened now is we've told them with force you can't do that you can't pick people based on race and express all your negativity to them to the point where you lynch them what southerners say was oh well they did something bad they looked at a white woman but that's not a good reason to lynch a black man i'm sorry it's not 
But really what they're doing is they're getting out some aggression for some wrongs that have done to them. This is my theory. I'm just asking about your hair. Right. <laughs> but this is, the, this is how it becomes my hair. It goes from making laws against expressing negativity to black people to now the only people we actually are okay with expressing negativity to is weirdos. Yeah, yeah. So I'm weird, so I get people's... Not garbage. Well, but I, b- yeah, I bring this up because my um, I went to see my OBGYN recently, and she said, depending on how I dress, if I dress casually and I wear jeans and a whatever, as opposed to dressing really professionally, my patients react to me totally different. And so if I'm wearing my jeans and, and you know, a blouse that's not professional, they'll open up and tell me all kinds of personal stories that they would never tell me if I was, you know, dressed in a skirt or slacks and button-up blouse and whatever. Um, I thought that was, I don't know. What was your conception of why that happened? What was your first, what was the first reasoning you thought? Well, I mean, it makes her more accessible, I suppose, which I get. Um, but I don't know if you're, see, my, my observation is the people that I open up to are just innate listeners, and they ask a lot of questions, and they, and they leave these pregnant pauses after you say something, waiting for you to say something else. That's who I open up to. Not necessarily people that i think are weird or different or you know on the fringe or something i'm probably less likely to open up to those people so i I just thought your observation about being outside the normal boundaries of whatever and making and uh, as that is an avenue for people to open up to i thought was i think what you're saying is that you look for people who speak differently than most people when you say pregnant pauses it's a rarity. We call them pregnant probably because it's such a rarity. You know, pregnancy is rarity. I mean, I get the metaphor of pregnant pauses because there could be a lot in it. People don't usually give verbal space to others. No, that's true. Especially on the radio. And you're attuned to that. Because it makes you nervous. I suppose it sets you off in a way that, you know, maybe okay. some physical characteristic would also set you off in a way that would make you open up. It but may be like seeing your doctor in jeans might shake you up. Exactly. So I think what yeah. you're saying is yeah. it's it's something that shakes them up, and they also seem kind of accessible. So not only does it make them look accessible, there's a shaking up of like, why is my doctor wearing jeans? I wear jeans. <laughs> and what you're saying is... I you- think the doctor should be naked. This is my new <sighs> theory. If we're all going to be naked, we should all be naked. Let's all... Yeah, then I'd really open up to her. I'd tell her all kinds of stuff. That is a great <laughs> idea. But that's for a different show. And that's another thing. <laughs> you know what will shock you is how unhealthy your doctor is. Yep, yeah, I'm sure that's oh true. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've sure seen the true. fattest doctors. And I'm just like, really, dude? You're going to give m- grandma advice on obesity? And here you are with... It's just not working, bro. <laughs> it's not... You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. You're probably smart. You got the coat on. If you wore jeans, people would be all over you because they wouldn't trust anything you say. Okay. Why would... You know, and Dr. Wilde is dude on oprah and whatever tv oh yeah he's big i'm sorry yeah it's not working for me yeah Yeah, i don't think that's your natural weight (laughs) so i think from what you're saying is like visual cues aren't what aren't what we think they are are, but don't necessarily speak to you in the way that audio cues because you know i think what you know is just because you dress that way and you kind of shake you, it's not a good reason. It's still a selfish reason. But when you hear pregnant pauses, you think, this guy probably would listen. He probably would be okay with it. Whereas they, I bet, force it on the doctor. Like, sometimes they can't help it. Right. 
Which is interesting. How did we get on that? Actually, what, what we, we could tie this back to oh, the, the hair. rules. The hair, and the right. The hair and what makes people open up. But we could tie this back to the rules, which is not to open up to somebody emotionally and intellectually very early on. Yeah, which I think is a bad move. Kind of make them earn your stories. Yeah. I know people that are kind of standoffish, and I think it's it's to save themselves emotional pain. And what's funny is it just makes dating go longer. If you can be really emotionally vulnerable, you will find Mr. Right much faster. But in the process, you will get hurt harder. Yeah. Yeah, although I, th- I have known people that open up, like, they scare you early on with all of their crap, you know? <laughs> They're like, well, you know... the. I'm a recovering addict, and my dad was this, and my mom was that, and you know. And it, by the end of the date, you're like, "Holy crap! I got to get out of here." Right. And I think what it comes down to is this person's being very honest with with uh, how much they need, and the good thing is you're being very honest with how much I can give, or what else is behind it. If this is date one, right? What am I going to find the, out about their prison is, record on date? Three? Is this the tip <laughs> of the iceberg? And right. that's good. It's important that you follow your intuition. I don't think it's a reason why they shouldn't express that, though. Because the next date, they might not feel as much of a need. Hopefully, they don't get hurt and think, oh, I shouldn't tell people. Hopefully, it's like, oh, okay, I got rid of that. I said that. I physically turned whatever emotion I had into vocals, and I see someone saw it. And hopefully, next time, they can tamp it down a little bit and hopefully they don't feel like that so see this process is important the process of dating is important and what we do is we come up with techniques to make it faster and to get us what our preconceived notions tell us we need to get instead of like being open with the process and maybe thinking i don't even know i really don't know what she looked like i didn't think my girlfriend would look like she looked i was i thought she'd look like the old one truthfully i thought i had a type which kind of ties this into our last show which was people have preconceived notions of what they need and it gets in the way and i think what the rules helps you is find that type that dude that will marry you so do you look back on your dating career as a however many it's however many women you've been with um and women that maybe didn't make it to a third or fourth date or a second date and do you have any regrets that, you know, maybe I cast them off too early. Maybe I judged them on something I shouldn't have too early. Maybe I ended things prematurely and it had potential to go someplace. But because they opened up too quickly or because they seemed too available or maybe they broke one of these rules or they broke an internal rule that you had that you, that you now look back and say, I, mean, I probably should have given her another chance. Yes. There were girls that I abandoned because they were expressing negativity toward me, and I thought what it meant was I didn't like you. Hmm. But now that I look back on it, knowing what I know now, knowing how infrequently women are allowed to express their aggression and to express anger, and I know they have it. Everybody has, from what I understand in psychology, every human experiences every emotion and needs some kind of way to get rid of these. Emotions are physical sensations that if we don't get rid of them, they shake up your, they will break your body. So what you need to do is express it and like get rid of it, even if it's just yelling into the sky, you need to do that. Too often women are coaxed and kind of coached not to express those things. So knowing what I know now about women, I thought just women were angels naturally. Because that's how my mom was. Right. Well, (laughs) other than you, I thought the other ones. No, you have a unique way of, you have a unique and beautiful way of expressing your aggression. I do? That's what, yeah, that's what we should teach women. (laughs) 
But we don't. What they teach them is get rid of it. Don't play sports. You know, that's not ladylike. Right. Yeah, right. So we need more ladylike, maybe, ways of them to, for them to express their aggression. Because to be honest, it's not fair to express it to the person you love. So what's happened in my life is women were too, it, it could be looked at as these women were too expressive, but it could also be looked at. The way I look at it now is I didn't know how to handle that. I did not know what that meant. When a woman yells at me, it means I'm messing up. When mom yells at me, I'm messing up. I need to change my, I change what I'm doing. I didn't know, I didn't know it meant mom had a bad day and just needs to let it out. Right. No one ever told me that. Right, right. What my dad said was, do whatever it took to make her happy. So if women were too um, verbal about their negative feelings, you cut it off. Cause they Only if it was directed at me. They could get mad and say, that dude sucks. Now, if they did something that made it so I was going to get in a fight, no. Like, if we're on the street or if we're, like, in the car and someone does something stupid, no, you're not flipping that guy off because he's going to come over with a shotgun. And he's coming at me. He's not coming at you. See what I'm saying? Right. It's not fair for her to express negativity that boomerangs back to me. That being said, if we're alone in the car, she wants to piss and moan about something. As long as it's not directed at something I did, I'm actually okay with that. I try to like kind of keep it in context and be like, listen, we should have some compassion for people. But now that I'm older, I understand like straight expression needs to happen. No intellect involved. Just let her express it. So I, I, I'm, I'm sad that I didn't do that. There was probably some great girls that I stopped talking to or cut off because they jumped to that. And really, I needed to be stronger. I needed to know how to deal with those things. You know, what? 20 years later, I'm good. I'm ready. You're good. I'm ready now. <laughs> if only we knew then what yeah. we know now. And, if we, true? and I think if we taught kids that from uh, an early stage, yeah. or basically we should start with dating and be like, listen, you need to be genuine. Yeah. You need to know what you want, and then you need to go out and try to get it nonviolently. You need to be vulnerable. What was that uh, question that you wanted to end on? Because I already forgot. <laughs> Have you used any of these techniques accidentally? Oh, that's right, accidentally. Yeah, you know, one thing that completely is my trigger, I think I've said this a couple of times, are, peop are is people showing up late or saying they're going to call when they don't call or whatever that is and sort of keeping me waiting around. That's just a pet peeve of mine that I guess plays into the rules. So if you, because to me it's a matter of respect. And if you don't respect my time and you're going to let me sit here for 45 minutes waiting for you to show up without a phone call. So I came down pretty hard on my, my husband's chronically late and I thought I could just get over that when we got married. But it's been a, it's been a recurring theme in our marriage. Now I'm becoming also late a lot and that's really irritating me. But anyway, so yeah, so I came down on him pretty hard um, frequently during our dating days for that, which I guess sounds kind Is of foolish. Does it say something like that? Like, you know, be strict with what you accept from... It does say that, right? It says, be strict with what behavior you accept from him. I think, well, I think it sense. wouldn't, you wouldn't tolerate people showing up late right. because that's... It, oh, I if mean, he stands you up, it's over, probably. I yeah. bet you there's got to be something I'm sure about, there's a rule in there somewhere. <laughs> it sounds like you were doing it intuitively and it sounded pretty um, true to you. Now, whether or not you know, we can get you into psychotherapy about why being late upsets you, but it's not, it's okay for you to say, I won't accept that. You know, it's okay for you to tell but someone. But apparently I, I do, because we got married. But yeah, right. I right. think maybe in behind the anxiety about lateness, maybe it's what you think lateness means and what it communicates to people. I know, to me. Respect. Exactly. Yeah. And it kind of, maybe people think I don't respect them, and what it really comes down to is, I try really hard. 
but sometimes I'm late. I think if it's chronic, that's when it means something. When it's once in a while, I don't think it's as meaningful. I think what it means is if they're never late, it means probably they're not doing as much as they could in their life to try to be on time to everything. Right. And I think it's wrong to judge people by a single instance, just like it's wrong to... The earlier rule was something like, don't don't come on to him or don't um, introduce yourself or don't ask him out. Don't ask him out. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think that's something you should judge people on. Just because she opened the conversation. Oh, yeah, right, right. That's not right. And just because she said, hey, you're cool, that's not, it's, it's not right it, if it doesn't feel right. And I think that's what I would advocate. What I would advocate is read the rules and tell me if it feels right. Because I have a feeling you're going to be like, this feels wrong. This doesn't. And when it feels wrong, don't do it. There's only like one rule in there that I think is right. And it was the one that don't change him. Don't change him. Don't yeah. expect him to change. Right. And I think vice versa, he should also live by that. The rules are basically a way to help a man be who he needs to be to give you what you need economically. So this is for girls that don't really much exist. I think there are some girls that are scared about money, but really they don't need money. They have money, but they're scared about money. There's, there's plenty of people who are actually well off who are scared about not having enough money. There are rich people who are scared. Yeah. So I think yeah. that the rules do work, but they don't have to. And you have been tuned into the chat room with Dana Flores. Dana Flores' take on the rules. I love it. That was great. This is uh, KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We will be right back here with you next Friday night, 5 o'clock. So be sure and join us then. And thanks for tuning in tonight. See you next time. Check it out while I'm the master of balance With multiple talents I provide the landscape, baby You provide the challenge I've been broken down and out And look at the sound that I'm drowning out I'm around the town and I'm roundabout And it's better than a kick in your freaking mouth These words might scare you Make you tremble and double dare you Now we're always learning Always listening and very burning and not checking the resume, two thumbs down is what they say. Disappear downtown. Money.